Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 27 of our Bible study, we wish to focus on the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus. So first, the crucifixion of Jesus, which you may find recorded in Luke 23, verse 26 through 49, and in John 19, verse 17 through 30. In our last lesson, we saw how that Pilate finally gave Jesus over to the Jews to be crucified, and that he gave his soldiers a command to crucify him. And so we see those soldiers now leading Jesus out of Jerusalem. And they have laid the cross upon him. And they are leading him to Calvary or Golgotha. Now those two names are the same place. They both mean the place of a skull. A hill outside of Jerusalem that looks like a skull. In the Latin language, that place is called Calvary, and in the Hebrew, Golgotha. And so as they are leading Jesus out, bearing his cross, uh, they realize that Jesus is tired, and that Jesus has been scourged and has lost a blood, and therefore uh, may be weak. And so uh, when they come out of the city, they see a man uh, walking there and they uh, go to him and they compel him uh, to come and to carry the cross for Jesus. This man is Simon of Cyrene. He is probably on his way to Jerusalem. And no, he is not willing to bear that cross, but he is made to wear it. And yet it becomes a blessing for him. He learns to know the value of that cross and Jesus who will be crucified on it. Then we see that there is a great multitude of following. And among them many women who are weeping, crying, lamenting. And then Jesus turns around and he looks at them. And he says, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. Uh, because if this is what they do to me, then they will do the same to my followers. 
oh, then persecution will come. And when Jesus now is brought to that hill, then they nail him on the cross. And they place him in the middle of two malefactors who are also being crucified. Two other criminals. And notice they place the cross of Jesus in the middle as if Jesus was the worst criminal of them. And then we hear Jesus' first words on the cross when he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Oh, how true that saying is. They did not know that they were doing the will of God in crucifying Jesus. But then we notice that Pilate had also made a superscription to put above the cross. And then he had written on there, this is the king of the Jews. And he had written this <clears throat> in the Latin, in the Hebrew, but also in the Greek language, so that everyone who walked by or came could see it and read it. And when the chief priests see this, uh, they are not happy. Uh, they go to Pilate and say, no, you should not have written that, but you should have written, this man says that he is the king of the Jews. And Pilate says, what I have written, I have written. Then their people and the rulers, uh, they begin to mock and to ridicule Jesus, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. Oh, they did not realize that Jesus could save himself. But if he did, he would not save his people. And he came to save his people. Therefore, he will not come off the cross. And then even one of the malefactors begins to ridicule and says, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But then the other malefactor turns to him and rebukes him and says, Dost thou not fear God? Do you not realize that we are in the same condemnation? We are all being crucified? But this man is just, and we are guilty. We are being crucified for our sins, but this man has done nothing amiss. Then that malefactor turns to Jesus and says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And then we have the second word on the cross, when Jesus says, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Oh, we notice a miracle in the heart of this malefactor while he was on the cross. He went on the cross reviling Jesus. But while he was on the cross, he learned to know Jesus as his Lord and that Jesus was innocent. And furthermore, he dares to say <clears throat> that Jesus is king because he says, when thou comest into thy kingdom. And then in Jesus' answer, we understand that immediately upon death, it is eternal, well, 
our eternal woe. Jesus says to this malefactor, Today thou shalt be with me in heaven. Oh, what a wonder for this malefactor. Then Jesus looks around and he sees there his mother, Mary, and his beloved disciple, John. And we believe then that Joseph is dead because what Jesus now says in his third word on the cross is, Woman, behold thy son. And to John, he says, Behold thy mother. So he is commending his mother to John, that John would take care of her further. Then it is darkness upon the whole earth. And we should note it is now 12 o'clock noon. And at this time, the sun is gone. And it is total darkness upon the earth for three hours. But the darkest is still to come. That is in the heart of the Lord Jesus. And we notice that when we hear him say in the fourth word on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, there, in that total darkness, he is also forsaken of his Father. He is bearing the wrath of God. And therefore he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? After those uh, three hours of darkness, uh, then uh, Jesus, knowing that all has been accomplished and that the scripture must be fulfilled, he says, I thirst. And when the soldiers hear this, uh, they take a sponge and dip it in vinegar and with a reed they reach it up to him. And in doing that again, they are fulfilling the prophecies. And therefore, when Jesus now knows that all the prophecies have been fulfilled and that he has perfectly done the will of his Father, then Jesus says in the sixth word on the cross, it is finished. Everything was finished. He could now die. And that is why he cries with a loud voice, the seventh word on the cross, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Oh, there we see Jesus commending himself to his Father, bows his head and gives up the ghost. No, that is not the way it usually goes. Usually a person first dies and then his head would bow. But Jesus bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Notice they could crucify Jesus, but they could not take his life. He gave his life willingly as a ransom for sin. And at that time, the veil in the temple rent. And again, important because that tells us first how it rent it rent from the top to the bottom it wasn't worn out that it rent from the bottom up but it was pointing to the sacrifices that they were now over no longer necessary 
because the Lamb of God was sacrificed. And it points to the end, the wall of partition being taken away. No longer was it only for the Jews. Now it would be a gospel for Jew and Gentile. And then the earthquake, and the centurion, the soldier standing there, confesses truly that he is, was the Son of God. Oh, then he also learned to know Jesus as the Son of God. We turn now to the burial of Jesus in part two, which you may find in Matthew 27, verse 57 through 66, and John 19, verse 31 through 42. Uh, because it is now late in the day, uh, the Jews, uh, because they want to keep the Sabbath day holy, uh, go to Pilate and they uh, say, we need to take those bodies down before the Sabbath. Can't you send soldiers to break their legs so that they will die quicker and then the bodies can be removed before the Sabbath? So Pilate gives command to his soldiers to go uh, to the hill of Golgotha and there to break their legs. And they uh, break the legs of the two malefactors. And then when they come to Jesus, they notice that Jesus is dead already. So they do not break his legs. Instead, they take a spear and pierce his side, and immediately blood and water comes out, signifying that Jesus is dead. And in so doing again, we see the prophecies being fulfilled, that they have not broken his bones, but that they have pierced his side. Then that evening, Joseph of Arimathea, who is a rich man, but was also a disciple of Jesus, goes to Pilate and he asks if he may take the body of Jesus. And Pilate gives him permission. So he goes to Golgotha and there he takes that body off of the cross. And there he is met by Nicodemus. Nicodemus has also come. He has even brought spices along uh, so that uh, they together can wrap the body of Jesus and bury it. And then they carry Jesus uh, to a new sepulcher, which was in the garden of Joseph of Arimathea. That was the tomb that Joseph had made for himself. So it was a new tomb where no man had laid. And there again we see the prophecy fulfilled that he was with the rich in his death. And then Joseph and Nicodemus, they roll a big stone in front of that sepulcher. And they go home. The women had been there that whole time and they had watched so the women also knew where Jesus was buried but we need to still look at the chief priests and the Pharisees they have also gone to Pilate because 
they are afraid. And they go to Pilate and they say, this deceiver, that is what they call Jesus, this deceiver has said that after three days he will arise. We must make that sepulcher sure. We must seal that sepulcher. Otherwise, his disciples will come at night and they will steal the body and they will tell everyone that he is risen. And so Pilate gives them command to go and seal the sepulcher, the stone that is in front, and to set soldiers as watch. And then they also return. And so we see the Jews, the women, the disciples have all left the grave, the sepulcher, to keep the Sabbath. Oh, then we have seen how that Jesus was crucified and buried, and we hope to come back on his resurrection in our next lesson. Thank you.